welcome, my friend, to another episode. Hey, before we get started, I want you to picture this, your best caregiver self. What would it look like? Imagine living your caregiver journey with vitality and joy. It might seem like a distant dream right now, but you know what? It is entirely within your reach. When you craft a personalized path focused on quality care and your well-being, the impossible becomes possible. That's what the Empowerful Caregiver School is all about. You'll receive daily video lessons, a robust journaling workbook packed with practical strategies and reflective questions guiding you towards growth and empowerment as a caregiver. Plus, you'll be part of a supportive community in our private Facebook group and join us for bi-weekly group coaching sessions. Let's rewrite your caregiver story together. Join Empowerful Caregiver School today and start thriving. Click on the link in the show notes or go right out to my website at kathylvan.com forward slash empowerful to learn. Okay, let's jump into today's lesson. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver Cup Podcast. This is Kathy. I changed up my routine a little bit. I'm recording this on Saturday, which I always record on Saturdays, but I usually do it Saturday morning right after my morning walk. Well, this week is a little bit different. I'm recording this on July 3rd, and things in our routines changed a little bit today. I know it's a holiday weekend for most people in the United States, but this morning was a little bit different. I became grandma for the third time. My son and his girlfriend had a little baby boy, and I was busy gardening and doing other things, and I couldn't focus in on recording a podcast because I was waiting for that baby to be born. But here I am, Saturday evening, recording this podcast that's going to air on Tuesday. I'm looking at my calendar, July 6th. Um, I got a smile on my face, but I think you're going to go ahead and love this week's episode of the Caregiver Cup podcast. I'm talking all about guilt and feeling guilty. So let me give you three scenarios. That guilt that you feel when you can't be with your family and friends because you have to caregive for your loved one. That guilt you feel when you have competing priorities and you have to say, no, I can't take care of the loved one today or I have to change up the date that I can do that. So you say no to your loved one. The guilt that you feel when you can't do the best possible job or pursue your passions to the highest of your ability because you are so exhausted or stretched. Yes, guilt can propel you to be the best you can be, or it can definitely paralyze you. For caregivers, painful feelings such as guilt, sadness, anger are like any other pain, but it's your body's way of telling you something. It's telling you, pay attention. Why are you feeling guilty? Guilt guides your actions and optimizes your health. Guilt is that feeling we have when we do something wrong. 
Guilt and caring for our loved one comes in many, many forms. And sometimes caregivers feel guilty about thinking about their own needs first. Have you felt that way? Have you felt selfish maybe because you decided to go to a movie or you decided to make time to go out with a friend? You may believe that your own needs are insignificant. So let's break down why do you feel guilty? Why? Ask yourself, why do I feel guilty? Is it shame? Maybe it's shame for doing something for yourself or getting angry over the situation. Is it control that you're feeling guilty? You sometimes have to be that stern caregiver or that caregiver manager that goes ahead and asks for help. Do you feel guilty because you feel like you failed? Or is it about what other people will think? Caregivers often carry around undeserved guilt, believing that they aren't doing enough for their loved one. This guilt can make the caregiver role even more stressful than it already is. One might ask why caregivers feel guilty when they're doing such a courageous job. So let's break down some whys of maybe actually get into more of the whys. Maybe another one would be resentment for our own personal loss. It's normal to feel like you, you're you missing something when so much of your time is taking up in caring for somebody else. As caregivers, we think we shouldn't feel this way. You're looking at other people just enjoying their life. It's 4th of July weekend at the time I'm recording this. Some of you may not be able to do much because you're caring for a loved one and you may feel resentful because of it. Another reason is unresolved issues. Many times there are issues stemming from our childhood or arguments in the past that hinder our caregiving process. Many of us feel guilty at the end or about this and our thoughts of feelings towards caregiving, and we may not want to caregive because of unresolved issues. Some of us compare ourselves to others. Like I said before, what other people will think. Some of us will look at another caregiver and think, we could never accomplish what that other person did. That might be another thought. Knowing placement is inevitable. There can be tremendous guilt involved when a caregiver has to place their loved one in an assistant living home or a nursing home or bring in nursing services or asking for more help. Dealing with your own issues may make you feel guilty. You may be dealing with your own personal or health problems yourself, which takes away from your caregiving responsibilities and how you feel guilty about it. Then let's talk about why does needing to ask for help lead to caregiving guilt or a reason for it? We are afraid someone will see us as weak, right? Actually, It takes a pretty strong person to ask for help when they need help. That's another reason maybe we may feel we are guilty. We feel that the responsibilities is ours alone. But admitting that we don't or we can't do it all, it may feel as if we're not living up to our duties or not giving our loved one the care that they deserved. But that's usually self-imposed. 
or we're afraid people will judge us. As easy as it is to say, it's equally hard to do. Don't let someone else's opinion of you dictate your actions or your health and well-being. It reminds me of when, and this is kind of a controversial topic, but some women choose to be at-home moms and some women choose to be working moms. And I don't think we should judge. Every Everybody's situation is different. Same with caregiving. Here's another one. We are afraid of not being taken seriously. Hey, call a spade a spade. If you feel you're not being taken seriously, say so. If you are talking to a health provider or a health a doctor or a nurse, it's their responsibility to hear your concerns with an open ear. Speak up. And if you don't get the responses you need, look for help somewhere else. Don't feel guilty about speaking up. You're doing the best thing that you should be doing for your loved one. Or maybe another reason why we feel guilty or we we have that tendency, we are afraid of being treated with disrespect. If someone talks down to you or treats you dismissively, you don't have to take it. You have the right to be heard and respected and bring it back to their attention in a pleasant confrontational way so that you are treated with respect and you shouldn't feel guilty about it. So let's flip here and move from why we may feel guilty to what can you gain from getting past caregiver guilt and really getting past it and asking for help. Think about it. When you can get past caregiver guilt, I think the ultimate, ultimate, I don't know, I'm I'm pointing up at the sky. The ultimate goal is a better relationship with yourself and with your loved one. Having someone else who, with whom to shoulder the task of caring can give both you and your loved one the freedom to spend more time doing fun things and enjoyable things. If you haven't listened to this past episode, episode number 40, I will put it in the notes, a link to it in the notes, but I talked in episode number 40 about respite care, and I really hit home about a caregiver needs their own caregiver, someone to back them up, someone to help them when they can't someone to look after them as well. When you have an extra person to support you, the ultimate goal then is to have a better relationship. If you can rid yourself of that guilt of feeling bad about asking for help, you're going to have a better relationship. Ridding yourself of guilt or what you can gain from getting past feeling guilty, you're going to reduce caregiver stress and burnout. Guilt is a symptom. Guilt can add to caregiver stress and burnout. You are good to no one if you burn out. You're going to find yourself not happy. You're going to find yourself with other physical and mental issues. You're not finding joy in your daily life. It's okay to ask for help if you are the one caring for your loved one. I sound like a broken record, don't I? (laughs) What you do is a labor of love. Feelings of love and feelings of duty and commitment and drive, they drive your intentions. That doesn't mean that you have to do it all. You are not weak. You are not irresponsible if you ask for help. 
what you are doing is taking care of yourself so that you can be the best caregiver you can be. And you have to look at this as a sustainable journey for you. There is no I think about this, it's no different than a mother of young children, right? She loves her love, her children. She loves them with all her heart, with all her life. But sometimes she has to take a, uh, take a step away. She needs a break so that she can go ahead and recharge. So she doesn't, she doesn't go ahead, lose her momentum and lose her compassion and empathy for her children. And so that she doesn't start to feel guilty and angry as well. She has to release that guilt for going ahead and hiring a sitter or asking somebody to help with some of the the household duties or taking the children to the park or whatever it would be. Another reason, a way to get past caregiver guilt is think about how you want to find joy in the journey. Caregiving for most of us is not a short-term assignment. It's not a month or a 60-day or even maybe a six-month assignment. It's usually a very long commitment, and the journey is pretty tough. You may think now that you can handle everything and make adjustments as you go, but when you do this and you have to do it for weeks or months or years, it's going to wear and tear on you. Uh, I'll give you kind of a, it's not even a caregiving story, but it's a story of, and I don't even know how long ago it's been, but it's been quite a long time ago. My husband's, uh, my father-in-law passed away. And after he passed away, and my mother-in-law passed away before him, my husband and his siblings had to go ahead and get the house ready for sale. And he lived in a ranch home, but my father-in-law was a hoarder. And I, I think of it in, as in a positive way. He liked finding deals and seals, and he wouldn't just buy one thing. He would say, I want to buy 10 of these because I can give them to the, the kids for Christmas. I'll, ha- I'll get a couple of these just in case I need to. Well, when we cleaned out his house, he didn't have maybe a half a dozen Christmas lights to put on the house. He had hundreds. He didn't have one shovel or two shovels. He had 15 shovels. <laughs> he didn't have sets uh, one set of towels. He had 30 sets of towels. The reason I say this is when when we were cleaning his house, everybody, the, all of all of the family members, Dennis comes from a family of eight siblings, the spouses and the significant others, everybody came the first couple of days and everybody was all in on cleaning the house. And we had garage sales and we went and had and brought things to the dump or we donated them or whatever. People were all in the first couple of days. But when this cleaning went on for weeks and months, only a few people survived. People dropped like flies because, again, when we're talking about commitments in our caregiving, it's not something that's going to be something that we can go ahead and maintain. It's, it is a struggle. It is something that we need to think about our stamina and our sustainability. 
I'm going to flip the switch again here once. And what are some ways to deal now or cope with caregiver guilt? So how do I do that? If I can recognize it and I can, I know why I feel guilty and then what will happen if I rid myself of caregiver guilt, I need to think about what are some ways to deal with it or ways to to improve my caregiver guilt or cope with it. And I think the very first thing is your mindset. You have to acknowledge that you have caregiver guilt. It's normal to feel guilty from time to time. Once you recognize it, we are better off as caregivers than to deal with it. I like to think about uh, if you were a CEO of a company, you wouldn't feel guilty about delegating work. You wouldn't feel guilty about having a meeting together and talking about what's working and what's not working. You need to do that as a caregiver. And if you pay attention to any good leader, CEO, any thriving entrepreneur or leader, they take care of themselves first. It's so that they can be the best possible leader of their organization, of their business, whatever it would be. So you have to acknowledge your guilt and then you have to go ahead and determine how you're going to go ahead and adjust that mindset. You also have to look at the big picture. Although you may be stressed with a particular situation, it will not last forever. Look at the sacrifices you make for your loved one and realize that you're doing a good job. This little hiccup that we have in our caregiving journey right now, if I go ahead and adjust it or I go ahead and have to address it, and I, it's hard to address it, I need to not feel guilty because I'm doing the best possible thing for this situation. You also have to accept that you're human and have flaws. All of us make mistakes from time to time. I look at it as a learning opportunity or falling forward. Some of us may be good at physical aspects of caregiving, while others may be better at handling the emotional toll. Recognize your strengths and don't focus on your negativity. Focus on the positive things that you're doing well. Focus on the hard things that you're accomplishing and growing from. Another way to cope with it is definitely make time for yourself. And I know this is easier said than done, but it is a must. And if you go back to many of my previous episodes, I talk about self-care a lot, self-soothing, respite care. I talk about all of those. That's why I call this podcast the Caregiver Cup Podcast. You have to fill your cup first in order to go ahead and be a good caregiver. Even if it's just an hour or two a week, go out and have coffee with a friend or catch a movie or even attend a caregiver support group or just curl up with a good book. Taking time out helps you put your situation in a better perspective. I find myself that when I feel the most guilty is the times that I'm not taking care of myself and I want to include on here sleep. If I'm tired and I'm overly fatigued, I'm feeling it even more. Here's another one. Know that you're making the best decision for you and your loved one at the time. This can be hard to accept, especially if you made a promise to your loved one that you can no longer keep. 
a change in a situation was made under a different circumstance. And now you have to make a better decision or the best possible decision in this new circumstance. Uh, Maybe it's a situation, I'm just pulling one out of my head here once, maybe it's a situation that you were always going to be able to take your loved one to an appointment, or you would never, ever take your have to move your loved one into a a nursing home or assistant living situation. You made them a promise. But you know what? Now the situation is different and I have to make the best possible decision for my loved one and for myself. And I know these are hard situations or hard decisions to make and we all have to make them and it, it just hurts our heart. But you can't feel guilty about making the best decision for yourself and for your loved one. Here's another one. Deal with unresolved issues or accept them for what they are. So you either have to to fix the situation or you have to let that go situation go. Many times we may be taking care of someone who we resent for many reasons. You can choose to try and resolve those feelings and take care of your loved one, or you can go ahead and accept that, you know, I can't care for them because of an an unresolved situation. I might say to you, make sure you're getting professional help talking to a therapist. Or another situation is an unresolved situation is not all family members are helping and it's ticking you off that your sibling is not supportive. Well, you either can address a situation or you can come and accept that they're not there to help and you need to go ahead and move on and be okay with that. Okay, here's another one. Reach out for support from family and friends. If you're feeling guilty and that guilt does not want to, and you can't figure out how to get rid of it personally, maybe you need to go ahead and talk with a therapist, or maybe you need to seek out a support group that understands and has experienced that before. Or maybe you just need a family or friend to vent with and talk through it. Most of all, remember that you are doing the best you can. Okay, so I just have just a little bit more here. So stick with me, please, through this all. Um, We tend to hold ourselves to unreasonable standards, like being able to do everything without help, having a solution for every problem, or always making the right decisions, never getting upset or frustrated and more. Now, are you holding yourself to all of those unreasonable standards? Because remember, you are human. Here's another couple that I do my personally personally for myself. When I am feeling guilty, when I'm feeling a- any emotion, I use positive coping mechanisms. Finding those self-care techniques that work for yourself. And not everybody is going to be the same. You and I are different, but here are some things that I do for myself when I'm feeling guilty is I'll write in my journal. Why am I feeling guilty? What situation is bringing that up? And I'll write it all out. So I get it all out of my head and write it down. And then I'm able to go ahead and look at it and rationalize. Another way is Are you taking breaks? Are you taking respite care? Are you getting time away? Because that will go ahead and get you to think 
reasonable and flush things out. And also think about quick, simple relaxation techniques. A lot of you in my Caregiver Cup community, shout out to the women in my Caregiver Cup community, you talk about relaxation techniques. Maybe you go for a walk, you do yoga, you do breathing techniques. They can make a big difference on how you feel. Another thought is to reframe guilt as regret. It's possible to do everything that you should be doing. This is the real world, and there's there are always trade-offs that have to be made. Instead of thinking, no one does a good job caring for mom, so I'm the one that has to be there all the time. Instead, reframe this into, this is a difficult situation, but it's not realistic for me to never take breaks and care for myself. I regret that I'll need to to make a tough decision to let someone else help, but it has to be done to allow me to keep caring for mom over the long term. And another thought is, I'm not a terrible person for getting frustrated and angry yesterday. I think about my dad and one of the stories he told me in when we were fishing, he got so angry at his mom one time that he threw her walker. He threw her walker across the the way because I think they got into an argument. But it, And he felt guilty after that. But instead, say, I regret that sometimes I snap, but I know that I'm only human and I'm doing my best. I still laugh at that picture of my dad throwing that that walker across the way because my dad had such an Irish temper. It was, he definitely threw things. And I have a little bit of that in him. I don't throw a lot, but if I get angry and really angry, I, I have to go ahead and give my dad my credit for giving me some of those anger thoughts and feelings. So, okay, to wrap this up here today, dealing with caregiver guilt is hard, but one simple question always helps me snap out of my could have, would have, or should have moments. Does my guilt help anyone? You got to ask yourself, does your guilt help anyone? This is what I have to ask myself when I find my mind mulling over these old issues. Absolutely nothing can change things. I didn't do anything terrible. I just didn't do my caregiving as perfectly as I'd like to have done. Wallowing in guilt helps no one, regardless of whether it's over a decision you just made or something you said or did decades ago. My solution I choose to move forward. I choose to share my experiences with you on on this podcast. I share more intimate experiences in my Caregiver Cup community on Facebook. It's a private Facebook group. So just search for the Caregiver Cup community. And if you are a woman busy woman caregiver wanting to go ahead and work through your overwhelm and stress and find joy, find us out there. I also share my experiences in my weekly emails. And so you could get added to my email list. I'm hoping that I can shed some light on this caregiving journey we are all traveling on right now. And lastly, you must forgive yourself for your imperfections. We are all imperfect. You are human. You do your best with what you have at the moment, and that has to be good enough. 
Your best must be good enough for you and everyone else too. Guilt erodes the soul. I can't say that. Guilt hurts the soul. Guilt hurts our heart. Guilt hurts our mind. It deters us from having joy in our journey. So be done with it. Have a good rest of the day, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week.